0: My deepest learning has been an unlearning and remembering that, like, all of the pain is our bodies calling us home. Let me just tell you if I had not had debilitating chronic pain, I would still be very much asleep watching all the horrible TV and numbing myself and not feeling my feelings or anyone in the world's feelings. Welcome to the
1: Find Your Voice podcast, a show where we believe in the power of the written word to create positive change in your personal life, your community, and the world. I'm your host, Allison Fallon. Whether you're an aspiring author or someone who swears they're not a real writer, we're here to show you how a regular practice of writing will help you access your intuition, make an impact, and find your voice. Join me for interviews with authors, writing prompts, and stories of how even simple words change lives. This month on the Find Your Voice podcast, I have a special treat for you. Along with my team here at Find Your Voice, I've put together a special series that's all about the power of a writing process to create positive change in your personal life. So we're covering topics like why writing can be so challenging for so many of us, what's happening in your brain when you sit down and you try to write why writing is so therapeutic, what it costs us when some voices are silenced, and what a regular practice of writing might look like for you in your real life. We're gonna meet guests like Deborah Ross, who's a therapist and an author of a book called Your Brain on Ink, a workbook on neuroplasticity and the journal Ladder. We'll talk with Audrey Assad, who is a singer-songwriter, also a friend of mine. We'll talk with Elise Snipes, who's a therapist, and the infamous Science Mike, and my new friend, Rafiq, who is a public health researcher. And we'll end with my friend, Ruthie Lindsay, who's going to put all the pieces together for us when she talks about how she used a process of writing specifically to cure her own chronic pain. I'm so excited for you to hear that episode and her story. If you've ever had the impulse to write anything, even something as simple as a scratched note on a cocktail napkin, you're not going to want to miss this series that pairs beautifully with my new book, The Power of Writing It Down, a simple daily habit to unlock your brain and reimagine your life. I hope these episodes make you feel like the writer you already are. In today's sixth and final episode of our special podcast series called The Power of Writing It Down, I talk with my friend and someone you've probably heard about. Her name is Ruthie Lindsay. This episode is the perfect capstone to what we've been talking about, why writing is so hard but also so powerful, how writing can act like therapy to reframe our experiences, even really traumatic ones, how writing has a tangible impact on our lives and can make us feel more empowered who gets to be a writer and how they actually get their writing done. If you missed the first part of that series, I trust me, you're going to want to go back and listen to those other episodes. So much great content and insight there. But in this episode, Ruthie puts all the pieces of the puzzle together as she shares her incredible and powerful personal story of using writing as a tool to heal from chronic pain. And I know I say this over and over again, you guys, but If we can use writing as a tool to heal from chronic pain, from physical pain, if it's changing our physical bodies, imagine what else our writing life can change. Ruthie shares a simple writing practice that you can use right away to put this tool to work for you in your personal life, and she talks about how healing your own story can have a profound ripple effect to the world around you. You're going to love this interview and Ruthie as much as I do, I know.
0: Hi, Ruthie. Hi, sister. I'm so happy to be doing this with you. Oh, thank you so much! What an honor! I'm so excited to get to sit across from you and have this conversation. Oh, it's
1: the most fun! Can you start by introducing yourself and what you do?
0: Yes. So I'm Ruthie Lindsay. I live here in East Nashville, Tennessee, and I I do I get to do a lot of different things. I am a speaker. I'm an author. I had a book come out this year, my memoir, There I Am, The Journey from Hopelessness to Healing. I've had a podcast with our mutual friend, Miles Adcox, mm-hmm. called The Unspoken Podcast. I have a course out right now called Reclaiming Home, which is like a healing course with the idea that, you know, coming back home to ourselves. Yes. This is our only true home that we'll ever own in this life. And we disassociate and we leave ourselves because of pain and trauma. Yeah. And, patriarchy and all these stories (laughs) that were told, you know, in the church. And so what it looks like to unlearn those stories and remember our inherent goodness and worth and value and divinity. And that happens within our bodies. So I get to do that and I get to do a lot of different things. It's so fun. It feels like I feel so honored to do the work that I get to do in this life. It's so sweet.
1: And you true. do such a great job at it too. You, you you really bring so much light and joy. and peace. I think I told you that the first time that I met you. Do you remember this? We met at like Moss Tacos or something years and years ago. And I like pulled you aside and I was like, you are full of so much joy. How does that happen? And I remember you telling me that there was so much pain behind the joy that, that basically like... You've experienced a lot of pain and that's what's helped you to... Anyway, that's a side note, but I remember Mm. so vividly telling you that the first time that I met you.
0: (laughs) That's so sweet. Thank you.
1: Okay, so you just talked about something that I find really interesting about how this idea of coming back home is connected to our bodies. Yes. One of the questions that I ask every guest we ever interview is, what does it mean to you to find your voice? Mm. Would you talk about the answer to that question in relationship to the body?
0: Yes. Yes. Oh, this has been such a beautiful coming home journey for me because I didn't know that I had dissociated super young. I had some, which I wasn't even aware of until about a year ago, some early childhood trauma, some was it like preverbal, mm-hmm. And then I had a really debilitating car accident. And, you know, I lived in my bed for seven years from breaking my neck and all these other things. So I had left my body to survive. And it's actually really loving when we disassociate, because we're, it's our way to protect ourselves, you know, to survive. And it serves us until it it doesn't anymore. And we're also in a very patriarchal society and it's set up in a way where we have to fracture from ourselves and leave Mm. ourselves. Because if you're within your body, when we're home here, we realize the connectivity of everything that I'm connected to you. And if you're suffering, I suffer. If my black or brown or BIPOC brother or sister suffers, I suffer. If that animal suffers, I suffer. And if we're fractured from ourselves and we're outside of ourselves, then we won't feel that. Because if you can't empathize for yourself, of yeah. course you can't empathize for someone else. And so that keeps serving the story of there is an other and oh. I'm better than in this white body. I am better and they are other and they are not as good and they don't deserve and blah, blah, blah. All the bullshit stories yeah. that were, we're taught from birth. It's the air we breathe. This is what we've been taught from the get go in mm. our culture. And so the most loving act of resistance that we could ever do is come back home to ourselves and re-enter our bodies and re and, you know, I mean, We could go really deep and talk about the chakras and the throat chakra, but like if we don't feel empowered and if we, you know, are told we need to fit into this black and white box and look like this. And a woman, I was, you know, I'm Southern and I was grown up. I was brought up in a very patriarchal Southern Christian culture. And a woman looks like this. You fit in this box. This is to keep you safe. It's not like it was bad people necessarily. Right. Yeah. It's like they were trying to keep me safe. There was, it was motivated by fear mm-hmm. very much so. Sure, And so I was taught you smile, you show up, you be pretty. I could never show anger or rage. I needed to be delightful. I needed mm-hmm. to shine pretty and be, you know, this precious little dancing pony, essentially, <laughs> yeah. you know, to be acceptable. Yes. And I learned to find all my value and all my identity and outside of me. And I fit the role perfectly. Yeah. I completely lost my voice. So this this coming home, this coming back into my body, which to be really honest with you, I thought would kill me. My pain was so great. And I thought it was all physical too, but it was also so deeply rooted emotional pain. And it was so great that that's why I numbed myself on every narcotic under the sun for seven years on the highest level of fentanyl patch and hydrocodone and morphine and you name it, right? Because I just didn't think that I could handle the pain. It was too big, too great, too strong, and it would kill me. And so that unlearning process of realizing the only way to heal Is coming back into my body. And again, I was brought up and like told that we were these broken, depraved wretches, and our body is (laughs) sinful, the flesh is sinful above all else, and the heart is deceitful above all else, and all these crazy, crazy stories, right? I sang hymns about those stories. And so my healing journey has been unlearning and unwinding and remembering that because I have air in my lungs, I am deserving. And I am good and I am worthy and I am whole and I am a light and I am love. Mm. And the more I unlearn those stories and come back into this body that's holding all of these emotions and allow it to speak and allow her to say that she was never broken. That was the story. Yes. Right? That she is Holding me and calling me home and inviting me back in, yeah and she has just been loving me all of this time and again, the only thing I'll ever own is this body in yeah. <laughs> this life yeah. right and so that has given me to answer your original question, like the greatest act of resistance that I could ever do in this life and in this body is come home to myself. Because mm. the more I come home to myself, the more I can go out in the world and be a mirror of the love, the wholeness, the goodness, the divinity, the light, the worthiness that is everyone's. Yeah, Everyone's. I mean, that includes... <laughs> plants and animals and this is we're all one we're all connected and that has to come from a like a wholehearted knowing that in yourself you know yes i do
1: that it's just so beautifully said thank you for saying i had never i feel like this sunk in for me in a new way when you were talking about how if we come home to our bodies it it requires that we empathize with others and i I had never put that together before Mm. even though i think i i know that intuitively but What it makes me think is part of what causes us to resist the coming home is that it is incredibly painful because we see what we've been missing for so long. While we're on the topic of the body, I want to get your perspective on this because I know you've experienced something similar. A lot of people will say to me when we're working through body stuff, because a lot of the journaling practices that we teach are great for chronic pain or any kind of body stuff that's going on, digestive issues, all of those things. And a lot of people will say to me, I feel like my body's betraying me. And I have felt that before too, not only with chronic pain and digestive issues and all these things, but also most recently in my life, I was just telling you before we started recording about the process of giving birth to my daughter and what, what an intense experience it was. And there were moments in the process where I felt like my body's not doing what it ought to be doing, or it's not doing what it's, you know, Mm -hmm. my body should be doing this one thing. And instead it's doing this other thing. So what do you do with that story yeah. about my body's betraying me? Yeah. How, do you, how do you help yourself?
0: Yes. I, I love that question because it's so profound and so important. Like I was touching on earlier, I believed that my body was broken. I believed I was broken. But then on top of that, I believed my body was broken and I thought mm. my body hated me. And I said that out loud all the time. My body hates me. It's betraying me. It's against me. Mm. And so in turn, I hated my body. Yeah. And I treated, I called her an it. I treated quote unquote it horribly. I ate horribly. I didn't move my body. I didn't spend time grounding in mother nature. I spent majority, if not all my time in bed trying to numb my body and sh- silence and shut her up with television and food has been a yeah. massive. Thing for me, which makes so much sense, because I was trying to stuff feelings, yeah. right, and trying yes. to feel safe, and it gave me that little hit of safety and comfort. Yes. Television was another way I could avoid my body and just numb and check yeah. out. And you know, I've also, of course, I used all the narcotics, but I've used alcohol, I've used all kinds of things to just literally avoid me. Avoid my body that I kept saying over and over and over hated me. Mm. And so my deepest learning has been an unlearning and remembering that, like, all of the pain. Is our bodies calling us home to ourselves? Our bodies are our homes and it's our entry points. Let me just tell you if I had not had debilitating chronic pain, I would still be very much asleep, watching all the horrible TV sure. and numbing yeah. myself and yes. not feeling my feelings or anyone in the world's feelings. Yeah. I can guarantee you I'd be pretty basic. Like, I, yeah. guaranteed. <laughs> I, if my life had turned out great and everything yeah. I expected, which That's what's comedic is my life is so much more profound and beautiful and whole. Now, it doesn't look anything like I had hoped or planned, but it was my entry point. It was the part that like called me back home to do this work because I was so desperate. I wanted to die. My pain was so great. I thought, I mean, it has sent me into nervous breakdowns. It has sent me to treatment. It has sent me on a roller coaster because it was so... My emotions that were stuck in my body were so deeply painful that I've been avoiding. Yes. And- the only way to heal is to come back in. And it's Mm -hmm. so opposite and it feels counterintuitive of everything we've been taught. We are not taught how to feel our feelings, especially as women. We are not taught to feel them. And our body holds all of our trauma. It holds all of our pain. And that is one of the great lessons of Earth School. We -hmm. come here, we forget. And the remembering is coming back home into these beautiful bodies. And so for me, really the biggest shift happened in writing my book because I had to go and relive those traumas. And this time around, I wasn't on all the drugs, I, you know, and like, yeah. I actually had to feel it. And I gave myself the gift of facing it. And it was, I will not lie to you, it was deeply <laughs> traumatizing. Sure, It was so traumatizing. I had to relive going through that horrific car accident. I had to relive, you know, going through a really painful divorce. I had to relive finding out I had a wire in my brainstem and I was the only human in the world that had ever had that. I had to relive living in my bed for seven years, relive burying my daddy right after we found out about that wire. Like your brain doesn't know time, right? Sure. So my sweet body and brain didn't know that I wasn't re-going through those things. But what's so profound and so hopeful, and so beautiful, is because our brains don't know time, our limbic brain does not know time, we can go back in through, there's so many practices, there's, you know, journal practices, there's nonlinear dance, there's EMDR, there's breath work, Mm. there's plant medicine, there's so many ways our bodies were created to heal, they are made to heal, they are constantly seeking homeostasis and balance and we can go back in and I have gone back in and reparented myself. I have gone back into these traumatic experiences that were horrific and my, and loved that little girl and attuned to her and attached to her. I've taken myself out mentally of the wreck and carried her away. I have taken myself out of really traumatic experiences and my higher self has come in with my light workers around me and like literally picked her up and carried her away. And what's so profound is our brains don't know that's not exactly how it happened. So we can rewire these neural pathways where we're not having to re-traumatize ourselves. Like. I love it on site. They always say when our response is to things, they're hysterical. They're always historical. Historical. And so when we're triggered and we're so freaking out and everything's not okay and we're just losing our freaking mind, this is actually an invitation for you to go in and it's loving. Your body's calling you home. It's not against you. It's not punishing you. It's like oh, sister, I love you so much and you deserve to heal. I don't want you Mm. to keep carrying this trauma. And so often... There's the book, I know you've talked about it before too. It didn't start with you. We're carrying our family's trauma that they didn't process and it comes up in us because it wants to be healed. And when you do this healing work, you can heal past generations Yes, and of course the forward moving generations, the future, future because it keeps resurfacing. It keeps recycling because it longs to be healed. Our bodies are that wise and that profound that they're always calling us home and loving us. And so now I, I say daily mantras that, are cha- that have changed my life. And at first I didn't believe a fricking word that I said. I'm like, you are yeah, a yeah. goddamn liar. Yeah. That's not true. <laughs> yeah. And the practice I was taught is you write down your biggest limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. I am broken. I will never have a partner. I'm too much or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Those were yeah. some of my stories, right? And then... You take that negative one, so like, I am broken, and you turn it into an I am statement with the positive opposite of the original. So if it's I am broken, now I'll say, I am so whole. Mm -hmm. I am love, I am light, and I'm healed. And that is something I say to myself every day, or I will never have a partner. No one could ever love me. Every day, I am in a loving, mutual, expansive Mm -hmm. relationship that is connected emotionally, physically, spiritually, and sexually. I love it. And it was really cute. Last week I was meditating and I was saying that. And then I was like, with me. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm in that with me. And a partner too. But like, I'm in that with me. Yeah. And I, there's so many. I mean, I say I had so many stories around money. Oh my God, so many stories around money. And I was like, I will struggle forever. I will never have enough, blah, blah, blah. And every day, every day I say to myself, I... I'm an expansive being, and I receive my good from expected and unexpected sources. I am an unlimited being Mm. receiving from an unlimited source in unlimited ways. And so I'm free to give in unlimited ways. Yes. And like I change, you change the stories, and our bodies hear us, right? Yes. Our cells hear us. There are so many studies that you can study now and look up. One, this man spoke over water. And this one cup of water, he just spoke pure love. Yes. One hatred, one pure joy. And then he froze it. Yes. And then he came back and he looked in the microscope. It's the craziest freaking, I wish I could, do you remember his name? I don't
1: know, but I know the study. I've read it. I've read it. It's the
0: coolest freaking thing. Like the water that he spoke, hatred, looked dark and black and just so insane. And the water that was love, it was the most crystallized, beautiful snowflake you've ever seen in your whole life. But like, we're made up of 60% water. Yes. Update. Yes. So if we're speaking hatred and the most limiting things and saying i am broken i am worthless no one will ever love me i am hated i am a horrible friend i am a whatever this we all have the stories yes. right and what a revolution if we started speaking life in love what is the hafiz quote um oh gosh i have it written down somewhere but like uh the words we speak is the house we live something like something, that yep that sounds right and it there's nothing yeah. I know that's more true. Yes. Like, if we speak hatred over ourselves, that is the, house, the house that we, we will live, live. If we speak love and light and truth and hope and the divinity and the you know goodness over ourselves, that is the house that we'll live in. Yeah. And the minute, listen, I said I was broken. My body hated me for 15 years. My pain was worse every single mm-hmm. year. And when I changed that story and I said, I am healed. I am My body is in love with me. I love my body. I love exactly who I am right here, right now, today. Not who I hope I'll be in the future. I'm speaking that into right now. My pain is just getting better and better and better and better. And listen, I'm the only human in the world that's had a wire in their (laughs) brainstem. I shouldn't be alive or speaking or walking. And I was in such debilitating pain. I wanted to die. If I can heal, we were created to heal. Like, I know that.
1: Yes. Let me ask you this, because your mantras or affirmations that you say to yourself, you rattle them off here, and I can tell that you've just like rehearsed them over and over and over yeah. again, which is how they work. Yes. But they're beautifully, beautifully stated and written. If, if people are listening, and I know I felt like this when I first started using mantras for myself, I didn't feel like I could come up with, you know, it was hard enough for me to even say like, anything nice to myself yeah. looking in the mirror. So if people are listening and they're wondering like, how can I write a mantra that's stated as beautifully as your money mantra? Cause I want to steal that from you and start using it now. It's
0: yours.
1: Uh, how do you, where do you start with that?
0: So, I mean, kind of like I was saying before, first write out your limiting belief and then whatever your positive opposite of that word is. So it's, if it's, I'm a horrible mom, mm. your positive opposite is, I am the most loving mother and my child flourishes. Yeah. But that's my positive. It's whatever comes up for you. you. Your intuition is always right. You can't do this wrong. It's just a positive opposite that's turned into an I am statement. And another thing that I have used that a book that I have shared with, I mean, I don't even even tell you how many people and given away so many copies is called You Can Heal Your Life. Oh, Louise Hay.
1: Amazing. She is so profound and
0: her, she goes through and like, if you have body pain, if it's yes. your left toe, she'll <laughs> say, here's your limiting belief. And she'll give you yeah. the positive opposite. I am statement to say, so you can go through anything that you're feeling and she gives you the affirmation, the affirmation and the mantra.
1: I can't tell you how many times that chart has pegged me so well, like something yes. will be going on with me physically yes. and I'll go look up what the emotional connection is in the chart. And I'm just like,
0: dang it, at Hey, wild. I was with a girlfriend last week and we were hiking and she needed to go back. She was, she was struggling and then her left toe started killing her. And, um, she was like, what is up? this sweet body yeah. just keeps having one thing after another. And I'm like, this is not just a fluke thing. So I Google, um, and look up like the spirit meaning of, yeah left toe and she's going through some big, big, big stuff right now. Sure. And it is processing, um, deep grief comes through your toe. Wow. Deep grief. Um, and there was one other thing that was completely connected to what was going on in her life at yeah. the exact moment. And so I gave her like the mantra to say to her po- to her toe that loves her so much. Yeah. And it's just a mirror. It's Our bodies are mirroring to us what's going on emotionally so inside.
1: Right. The thing for me that I've had to come to terms with, because I started doing this work with, louise several years ago, and I got to a place with it where I got really frustrated. I don't know if you've had this same experience where I'd have a physical ailment come up. And so I would like, figure out what the correct mantra was that I was supposed to say to make it go away. And then I would use it the way that we use like an aspirin mm. and I would be like, okay, my head's hurting. That means that I'm, you know, like not paying enough attention to myself. So like, you know, I'm the mantra is like I'm very, I'm loving to myself at all times or something like that. So I'd like repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. And then I'd be so frustrated that the headache wouldn't go away. Mm. It took me a minute to make the connection that it's not about making the headache go away. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to, talk more about that or, or
0: cause you're, it took you
1: years yeah. to get, and
0: I still have pain Yes, and it's just continuing to get better. And listen, earth school, <laughs> like not easy. W- we love our quick fixes. <laughs> we sure do. You know, yeah. like I grew up microwave food. I grew up, you know, if I feel bad, go watch a TV and just avoid it like that. Yeah. And I never prayed until I had something that was a struggle. I'm like, okay, God fix this thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. like we love our little quick fixes but we're here to like be students and to learn yeah and so things will keep rising up until we learn that particular lesson and then we get to go deeper it doesn't mean we're I think that's the other part is when things come up we'll be like wait a minute yeah I learned this like yeah. what the food yeah. how could I be here I've heard so much healing can yeah. we just be done now update yeah. universe yeah. I did this, you know, and healing is, we know it's not linear. We know. And what I have to remind myself is all of it is happening for our good. So this is not happening to me. This is happening for me. Mm -hmm. So if something has risen up, I just get to go deeper. And I wouldn't have been able to go to that depth if I hadn't done this other healing work. But you know what I do? I also say to myself every day is I am free to move forward with joy and with ease.
1: Mm, yes.
0: I don't think that I, I, I suffered a lot. Yes. Debilitating traumatic suffering. Right. Yeah. And, and, because I resisted it for a really long time, I also created more pain and yeah. more trauma and more suffering for myself because I resisted. I resisted I couldn't face it. Yeah, yet, yeah. Yet. And that was my lesson. That was those were lessons that I needed to learn. And now it's not to say hard things come up. Sure. Updates. Yes. Really hard things still come up. But I'm quicker to, you know, I'm so human. And I remind, I'm like, Oh, sweet girl. You're so human. (laughs) Like, Oh, you're so human. And also I am a divine being Mm -hmm. and an enlightened divine being. And I say that to myself. And so I can feel my defenses and be very, very human. And then I'm quicker to notice. I'm like, Oh yeah. Hi. I know that came out of like a pain place. Like I want to protect you and let me go into that with you and let's face it and we don't have to resist it. We can go with it and ride that feeling. And like, you know, I'll do nonlinear dance and I'll dance as whatever anger or I'll dance as deep mourning or I'll dance and let my body, our wise bodies, dance as whatever the emotion that wants to come out. And when you let yourself ride that wave, you actually feel joy on the other side
1: of it. Yeah. It's really true. It's crazy how that happens. But I remember um, a mutual friend of ours, Vanessa, Miles' wife, told me when I was going through my divorce, she's like, one of the best things you can do, you're living in a place all by yourself for the first time in a long time, just dance it out. She's like, yes. every night, just have a dance party, just yes. get in your underwear, and just trip. Yep. And Now this doesn't seem all that crazy to me, but at the time, for whatever reason, I was just like, what? Like, what kind of advice is that? Um, but I took her advice, and there's something about moving your body that just really... It just helps you shake it off, you know? I mean, yes. thanks Taylor Swift for that.
0: Thank you, Tay Tay. <laughs> but there's so many. You can look up um, Michaela Boehm. She does nonlinear movement. There's um, Five Rhythms Dance. You can do these dances online. I mean, there's so many yes. things. But there's those are, in particular, for moving emotions out of your body. And and if you don't want to do that, just turn on music. And I like using music without words. yeah. And I just literally will like close my eyes and just keep moving and allow my body like, you know, show me where it hurts. Mm. Show me where it hurts and ask, get, I heard this Deepak Chopra thing the other day that I was like, oh my God, that's so profound. Because the more we get curious, I think so often we feel like I know this. Yes. I know this answer. Yeah. You know, I know this, which it what a disservice! I know. I like know. I hope that I'm a 95 year old woman with the longest white hair and flowy dress, with a notebook, walking around, taking notes, and asking questions, and being curious, and talking to the little whippersnappers, and telling like, tell me all the things, Amen. you know. Like, but he said, and he thought he was talking about gratitude at the the beginning. He was like, you don't have to start making a gratitude list. Say to the universe, what am I grateful for? and then watch what pictures show up. Wow. And just just be curious and just watch one thing after the next, after the next will show up mm. and it's the most precious thing. And you can do that same thing. What pain am I feeling right now? Yeah. Where am I feeling this in my body? And then, whoa, what is is there a color? Um what do you think this is trying to tell me? How old is this pain? What happened at the, like just get curious. Yes. You know cuz it it'll Listen, if you start doing this practice, it'll tell, it you. Will and, tell you, but don't get discouraged at first if you don't hear anything, because it's a practice. And I, I had this beautiful meditation and maybe I was on mushrooms, but <laughs> I had, <laughs> it was so profound because I was like really struggling with disassociation and not hearing from my body when I was asking. And all of a sudden I had this image of what if I treated my body As though she were my lover.
1: Wow. What
0: would I do? How would I, what would I speak over her if she were my lover? How would I speak to her? How would I feed her? How would I, I would listen. I would listen and I would listen and I would make love to her and I would take her on the most beautiful walks to see the most beautiful things. Yeah. And I would take her to listen to the most incredible music and I would dance with her. And I'm like I had the chills thinking of it because yeah. it's just it was so I would cook her the most divinely plant-based <laughs> yeah. perfect foods from mother nature and but the thing that I kept hearing over and over is I would listen I would listen and think about the opposite of that. Like if I have ignored my body for all these years, if I had ignored a partner yes. and spoken so ugly, it would take time yes to woo doing them the oppo- back to woo them back and to for them to trust you to speak to yes, you. and you would have to tell them like, oh, we're safe now. Yeah, I will listen to you. We're so safe. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I've ignored you for so long. I'm so sorry that I spoke such lies like last week I was hiking and it was this very, 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 very steep mountain, <laughs> high elevation. And I hike all the time, but not, you yeah. know, we're in Nashville. Talk
1: about getting into your body. That'll do it, right? Yes.
0: <laughs> and I was struggling. And my girlfriend who was with me is a goddamn billy goat and was like, going up. And I was like, holy hell. And I kept saying, I was like, I'm so out of shape. This is so hard for me. I don't think I can do this. And I, and then I stopped myself and I was like, oh, Ruthie. Yeah. You're in amazing shape. Look what you're doing. 2 years ago, there's no way. Yeah. You could have done that. Look how Freaking powerful you are. Look how strong you are. So I literally started every step. I'd say, I am so powerful. I am so strong. I am so mighty. I am so proud of myself. <laughs> I am so whole. And literally, it was this. I'm like tearing. I was tearing up. Yeah. As you're it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would stop and I would look at these plants that I've never seen here that were so beautiful. I'm like, look what I'm getting to see. Yeah. Look at this. And those words, like I, sw- I felt like I floated up. It didn't mean it wasn't hard. Yeah. But I started speaking love and life and truth over myself. And I did. I was like, I'm so sorry I lied about you. Oh my gosh, you beautiful body. <laughs> yeah. You're in amazing shape. Yes. Look what you're doing. You're so strong. And it was just precious. I like, love that. It was so oh. powerful. That just makes
1: me think about my birth experience again. Because, you know, I mean, there's so much. Training. We've been trained well to treat our bodies terribly or to speak about them terribly. But, you know, to feel like when I'm doing something as profound as giving birth to a child, that my body's doing it wrong is so stupid. (laughs) It's like, Mm, look at you go, sweet body. (laughs) You're
0: you're just... You grew a a human soul human body person inside of my body inside of your body and now you are keeping that soul that human body alive and she was so wise to choose you she was so wise I mean
1: we could have a whole podcast Conversation about childbirth, which we can do at a different time, or about just like I'm yeah. fascinated by breast milk. Yes, and and like this is like the liquid gold fluid that's like keeping yes. all of humanity alive. Yeah, and it's literally coming from my body without yes. me doing anything.
0: It's so profound.
1: I mean, like what what a better depiction of abundance? Yes, than that. Yes, I did nothing, and my body mm. just was like, and here you go.
0: Mm. Anyway, I love that so much.
1: Can we talk about writing? Cause yes. we're going to have to wrap up kind of soon, which yeah. I hate, but I want to talk about the role that writing has played in your healing. Cause I know yeah. both writing the book and then also doing a journaling practice with yes. Dr. Nicole Sachs, who yes. we've had on the show yes. has been very healing for you. So just, can you talk about the role that writing has played? in Yeah,
0: your... it's been so profound. I mean, I would, it's funny. The book that I sold to Simon and Schuster was called Salvaged, Building a Beautiful Life with Broken Parts. I thought I was broken. I literally was calling myself trash. (laughs) Broken parts. Yeah. I believed that. That is the book I sold. Wow. And starting to write it, kicked my ass on a level I can't describe. Is
1: this the book that we outlined together?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Here, right here at this table.
0: I mean, you angel. (laughs) No, I mean, what's funny
1: is like at the time we were both thinking like this is, The perfect direction. Anyway, keep going. I don't want to stop you. But it
0: was, you know, I was so, it's interesting because I knew when I lived in my bed that I was so defined by my pain story. Mm Mm-hmm. But what I didn't know is when I jumped to trying to help as many people as possible and making my pain purposeful and all these things, I was still very much defined by this pain story. Yeah. So the book I sold was very defined by my pain story. Like I would say there's beauty in the brokenness. There's joy in the suffering because yeah. I thought I was broken and I thought I'd have to suffer for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I believed that and I was parked there. And it wasn't until I really went in and f- faced all these traumas and faced all this pain and didn't try to numb it. Mm. So that was through writing my book. That was through doing journal speak and allowing myself to actually journal speak came about halfway through writing the book. Cause I was not okay. I was like, yeah. and so much, my pain was worse than it, it had been. Oftentimes. Yeah. It was beginning. really traumatic and yeah. thank God because it was the entry point and it sent me on a healing journey that, I didn't know was possible for me. Mm. Again, my pain was continuing to get worse every year, and I just believed that that was going to be my story. I thought I would, you know, I would eventually be in a wheelchair, and I would, you know, maybe be back in my bed at some point. But I'm going to live as well as I can and white knuckle it until then, you know. And oh, it was just stories. Yeah, it was just stories. And writing the book, learning these journaling practices that allowed me to feel the emotion that was trapped in my yes. body.
1: And to, to say the things that you want to say exactly. that are true, but that you feel you can't.
0: Totally. Can That's express. why doing journal speak in the midst of writing my book was also so profound because I was not here. Like it was really important to me that my ex-husband felt really loved yeah. and cared for and seen and like that it would be a healing yeah. thing for him. So, journal speak allowed me to say all the traumatic things that happened. Sure. You know, cuz I'm like, I don't need to share that stuff that publicly. Is, yeah, yeah. Publicly, that's not of service. Yes. That would not be of service. It doesn't mean those things didn't happen. It doesn't mean I'm avoiding it, but I don't have to share all the like this is me owning my side of the street. Yep. I am not here to point the finger at him. And so that's where our journal speak was so profound cuz I could rage. I could be like that was so fucked. Up, ah, yeah, yeah, and then 20 minutes is up, and you tear that shit up, yeah. and then do a deep, loving meditation on myself, yes, and then all over him because he was just hurting totally. His soul is so good. Two
1: people hurting, trying to figure it out together 100%. It's to be.
0: And we had a soul contract to do that to be triggers for each other, sure. to learn those things. Like, I don't doubt that for one second. We were, I don't regret one single thing. Mm. And I wouldn't change one single thing that's happened in this life. Because I now, this is going to get really woo woo, which I feel great about. I feel good about this. And it I'm too. also so open to being wrong about everything. I'm just like, mm. but. It's a I, great feeling, by the way. It's amazing. It's just like you can just like try things out and it's yeah. like, maybe. All right, and cool. If this, what this, what I'm about to tell you endeared me to my soul on the most profound level. So even if I'm wrong, who, who cares? The food who cares. cares? <laughs> but I had been told to read. Um, by three people, two being virtual strangers. This book called *Journey of Souls*, and I was like, "This ugly ass book. Why am I supposed to read this?" No. Oh, and man. by the time the third woman, who was from Spain, giving me a stick and poke, who barely spoke English, wrote it out in Spanish, and then I translated it and saw that it was the same book. I was like, "Okay, <laughs> universe. Like, this is here. The message. Got it. Update. I hear you." And that was such a remembering for me because basically in hypnotism, um, all these doctors, and these are not like woo-woo doctors, these are doctors, and they started realizing that while their clients were hypnotized, many of them in a certain way were, pa- were connecting yes. past lives and the life between lives. And that's when I remembered like, I mean, I've since done it because I have to learn all the things, right? But i what the thing that was so profound to me is in hypnotized when people were hypnotized they could be anywhere these are people from you know they were chinese people there were people from south america there are people from all over the world yeah And while hypnotized, when they talked about the life between lives, they all said the same thing. And it's the, I mean, of course there's no hell. Yeah, It's the most expansive, loving, we have these soul families that we come back. Sometimes they'll be your dad. Sometimes they'll be your godmother. Sometimes they'll be your neighbor. Even ones that are here to like trigger you, you, and also you Choose your parents, Mm. and with your lightworkers, with source energy, you choose this life that you need to work out karmically. Like you know, I've read stuff about people in the 30s, like hanging, you know, black bodies; these white men. I'm like, you think they're not a black body in this life? Like that's what they karmically, and it's not to punish them; it's their soul chose that so they could learn and have empathy of what it's like to be on the other side. Sure. And so when I realized, like, oh my. I chose all of this. Yeah, I chose that wreck. I chose my precious mom that was a cause of some pain. I chose this partner. I chose the divorce. I chose the affair. I chose this wire in my brain all because I trusted my soul enough to ultimately go through all that, yeah. to suffer, to come back home and have deep compassion and love for myself yeah so that I could go and be a mirror of the love and healing and compassion that is for everyone. So even if I'm so fucking wrong, I don't care because that endeared, I felt so endeared to my soul and felt yeah. like you brave, beautiful human. And it took away all sense of victimhood Yes, and it empowered me. Yes, I'm like, sister, you chose that. Yeah, you're amazing. You're so brave.
1: <laughs> yes. I, I just I, like cheering you on all the way. I have a similar, I've talked about it on a different episodes. So I don't have to tell the whole story, but uh, a similar experience where um, I was meeting with an astrologist who told me that an experience from my childhood that has been the source of a lot of pain in my life. She was like, I just want you to know, and first of all, she knew about the experience without, without me telling her. And then she was like, I just want you to know that, that It's nobody's fault. There's nothing you could have done that would have prevented it because it was part of your karmic agreement in coming here. And I said the same thing on this other episode that you're saying right now, which is, who cares if that's true in the sense that we think about true in Western culture, that it has to be like, you know, verifiable by data. Who cares if it's true in that way? Because what it is, is this speaks to the power of writing in my mind. It's the new story that I'm going to tell myself because it serves me so well right now. That's right. And if there ever comes a point when it doesn't serve me very well, I can pick a new story. That's right. But for now, it it like offers this expansiveness and this openness and this healing. I felt like a million pounds lighter coming out of this meeting because I was like, I don't have to be mad at my parents that this happened because they couldn't have stopped it. That's right. And I don't have to be mad at myself that this happened because I couldn't have stopped it. I mean That's right. Anyway, to me, it's like when you sit down, whether you're doing a journaling practice or you're writing Out your memoir, the story of your life. You know when you've gotten to something when you tell the story in a way that feels lighter than it felt before. Yes, it used to feel like this heavy thing that you were carrying, that you had this, you know, um, thing that you had done or a thing that had been done to you, or this divorce or this heartbreak or this pain or whatever it was, and now you see it in a new light, and you go like,
0: "Wow, that's right, I'm amazing." Yes. Does it feed your victimhood? Or does it feed your empowerment? Mm. You know, so that's how that's you know great. if a story serves you. If a story feeds you being the victim, yes. it's not serving you. Yes, If it feeds you in the sense of like, wow, look how brave and powerful and strong and what an overcomer I am. That story serves you. Yeah. That is expansive. The other is retraction. Mm. So
1: good. Yeah. So, so good. What does writing look like for you now? What is your writing practice? Yeah,
0: um, I'm a I'm a journaler. So uh, I was journaling right before you came here. It's like I um, it's really sweet. I write about hard things too, but I and I think I learned this from Oprah. <laughs> Which, hello, probably everything I just said to you I learned from <laughs> Queen Oprah. But I pull back my curtains every morning and I'm like, oh thank you for today. And what miracles am I going to experience today? Mm, and I expect I that. it And I get curious. And like sometimes they are so profound you can't even. And sometimes they're the most precious like... I saw a hummingbird today. What That's a miracle, sweet. the joy and the delight of seeing a hummingbird. Like, yeah. And when you start, we don't see the world as it is. We see it as we are. So if I walk out thy front door with expectations of miracles and light, and I'm just curious and I'm looking, I find them every single. Mm. This is a miracle. Getting to sit across from you and have this incredible, expansive, beautiful life giving. This is filling me up. This is a miracle. I literally say to myself each day, like the universe is conspiring for such good and beauty in my life.
1: So good. Ruthie, thank you so much for doing this. I I feel like we could do seven episodes (laughs) together. I would love it. talk about? We'll come back and do another one. Yes, I would love it. But thank you for your time. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. If you're ready to implement a
1: regular practice of writing in your own life, don't forget to pre-order a copy of my latest book, The Power of Writing It Down, a simple daily habit to unlock your brain and reimagine your life. When you pre-order today, you'll not only get an immediate download of chapter one so you can start reading right away, you'll also get access to our pre-order bonus package, which is worth over $400. All you have to do is order the book wherever books are sold, enter your order number at thepowerofwritingitdown.com, and your pre-order bonuses will be delivered directly to you. Thanks for listening, and until next time, happy writing.